What is going on, Trash Talkers? We are back with another episode for you. Today, we are going to talk about Trevor Lawrence going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jets continuing to fail. Uh, Is he the clear-cut number one choice? We will debate that here for you shortly. Then we're going to talk about Dwayne Haskins and his failed attempt to become a starting quarterback in Washington. On top of that, Urban Meyer Dwayne Haskins, former coach at Ohio State, will he now enter the NFL as a head coaching candidate? All that and much more coming your way right now. All right, Nick, well, okay, what? You're good. Okay. All right, Nick, well, it's been a while since we've been in the recording studio and a lot has happened. Uh, happy holidays to you. Uh, we spent the ho- the holidays together, but uh, some, some parts apart. Yeah. Um, to all the trash talkers out there, everybody listening, uh, happy holidays to you. Happy 2021. Woo! 2021! <laughs> yeah! We can only hope. We survived! <laughs> well, sort of. You know, physically, yes. Mentally, not all of us are still there. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, listen, 2020 was, was a tough year. There's no need to rehash everything that happened. But everything that happened in 2021 sports-wise is has led us to where we are right now. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to talk about exactly what that means. And let's start off with Trevor Lawrence and his potential in this NFL draft coming into the year. Trevor Lawrence was set to be the number one NFL draft pick, and it was the clear cut choice. Well, things have changed a little bit because uh, based on the sugar bowl, (laughs) Justin Fields might've outplayed him just a little bit. Uh, So listen, we, we have to ask the question. Is Trevor Lawrence the clear-cut number one pick after his Sugar Bowl performance when Justin Fields was able to dominate him on the football field? I I, I just don't understand how this is a question. To all you Jaguar fans, to all you Jet fans thinking you still have a shot, get over it. Trevor Lawrence is by far and away the best quarterback in this draft class. There is no way you can tell me that Justin Fields has anything on Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a better thrower. He's a better runner. He's a smarter quarterback. He is all around a better quarterback than Justin Fields and every other quarterback in this draft class. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Whether you like it or not, just deal with it. Um. Okay, well... <clears throat> I I don't feel as strong as you do. I do believe Trevor Lawrence is a lock for the number one pick. I think that this whole idea of him being touted as somebody who could fall past the number one uh, and fall into the lap of the New York Jets is just laughable at best. Um, you know, w- w- this is what we've dealt with last year, right? Was Joe, Joe Burrow was questioned on possibly not being the first round pick because you know the, his ceiling wasn't as high as somebody like Justin Herbert or somebody else like that, but his floor was there. I think this is the safest pick. Trevor Lawrence is definitely the safest pick, in my opinion, and we will get into this all throughout the offseason as it leads up to the draft and then afterward. I think Justin Fields will have the better pro career. I think he's better ready-made for the pros than 
uh, Trevor Lawrence is right now. And I think Justin Fields has had plenty of opportunity to showcase his abilities. And the Sugar Bowl was just another step in that direction, saying that he is the clear-cut number two for this draft class. He has a very high floor, not as high as Trevor Lawrence, but his ceiling is much, much higher. His ability to take the ball, take the ball and basically do what he wants. I, I liken him to, to Deshaun Watson. I mean, if you look at what he does on a football field, Justin Fields is Deshaun Watson 2.0 in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely close. Justin Fields has has truly shown why he is the number two pick. And definitely in that bowl game against Clemson, he truly showed why he is going to be taken over Zach Wilson. He is the more polished quarterback of out, out of the two of them. And he is he's ready. He is ready to take on a job. He is not going to be what the Jets have known in Sam Darnold as, you know, kind of a failed experiment. And Sam Darnold we thought was going to be a quarterback, uh, an NFL-ready quarterback coming into the season. But that wasn't exactly what we saw uh, through his career. Um, and Justin Fields, he's been great at Ohio State. He really hasn't had great weapons in his career. But we saw last season that he's able to have a great season with little weapons and and not make many errors. And this season, he had a couple games where it kind of made his stat line look a bit weak. But overall, Justin Fields did not have a terrible season. You also have to take into account the circumstances that were going on in 2020, as we all know. So looking at what Justin Fields is able to do in the biggest games that if of his career, he looks spectacular. And that's why he's going to be taking over Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson coming from BYU, a smaller school, a guy who has the potential to be a Patrick Mahomes type. You're not going to take a guy like Zach Wilson, who's a project who needs to be groomed, when you can get a guy like Justin Fields who's going to help the Jets right now. Patrick Mahomes uh, being linked to Zach Wilson is such a disrespectful move on the part of these uh, sports pundits who think they know what they're talking about. Patrick Mahomes is a generational talent at the quarterback position. Zach Wilson may be able to have the strong arm, but he, his accuracy is nothing like that. His mobility is not like Patrick Mahomes. His ability to throw from different arm angles is completely different from Mahomes. On top of the fact that it, he's just he is not the same. Uh, you know, clutch quarterback when it comes to key moments and situations. Patrick Mahomes obviously has had time in the NFL to to showcase those moments, but I, I just can't imagine that there's another Patrick Mahomes waiting in the wings uh, just a few years after that he got drafted. I, I just can't imagine it. Um, but I want to get back to the idea here with between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And just to bring up why this is the, even a conversation in the first place, Justin Fields threw for 385 yards and six touchdowns in the Sugar Bowl, um, while Trevor Lawrence threw for 400 yards, two touchdowns, and both of, e both of them each had an interception. The issue here is that Ohio State's defense was so much stronger than Clemson's. That's the thing. When you take into account these games, you have to imagine that each defense is not made exactly the same. They are not identical. They are not going against the same defense. If they were, then that's one thing. Then you could 
honestly say that, hey, you know what? Justin Fields did a much, much better job. But that's not the case. Clemson's defense is horrid. They are despicable. And I have said it before, and I will continue to say it. I do not believe in Dabo Sweeney outside of his ability to groom Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Outside of those two players, let's see if he's even a top five, top ten college uh, coach. Because I haven't seen, he hasn't been able to do it without them. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it moving forward. It, it's just not in the cards for me. Um, Trevor Lawrence is just one of those guys, though. He's a lock. It, this this conversation is over and done with. I think we need to just put it to rest. I, I, there's not much more to say on this. No, there absolutely isn't. Uh, for all of you people thinking Justin Fields might be better than Trevor Lawrence, Get a grip on life because you're being ridiculous. Trevor Lawrence has proven through his entire career so far that he is far and away better. He has had a much worse team to deal with. He has taken his team through the college playoffs. He's only lost two games in his entire career. I mean, this kid is an absolute stud. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I, there's there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, I mean... Clemson has had a lot of players drafted in the first and second round, both on offense and defense in the last few years. Ohio State has lost just a very few players. Um, on top of the fact that Trey Sermon, the running back for Ohio State, had 31 carries, 193 yards, and a touchdown to go along with Justin Fields' 385 and six touchdowns. So th there's a lot to this, this whole idea. You know, you can say Trevor Lawrence is going to be better than Fields, I have yet to see it. Trevor Trevor Lawrence, in my eyes, is the safe pick here. Justin Fields is the pick that will, if it hits, will get you far and away, and everybody will be like, how is he not the first pick? So with that being said, I think we're we're going to have to end this here. I, I, I think this conversation has overstayed its welcome, and it's time to put it to rest once and for all. Without a doubt. Okay, so... With that being said, you know, quarterbacks being taken in the draft are not a a new system at all. It's not it's a new it's not a new thought. It's not something that isn't done every uh, every other year. Essentially, the top 4 or 5 quarterbacks are usually taken within the first round because the quarterback position in the NFL is that important. Well, just a few years ago, the Washington football team uh, decided to take a chance at the number 15 selection and take Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State, where Justin Fields is from. Now he's a free agent looking for a job on the NFL market. Looking at what he was able to do or not able to do in Washington has us all thinking, is Dwayne Haskins the biggest bust in NFL history? Nick, I'm going to let you start because I think this one was, was more uh, about your thoughts here. I can't stand Dwayne Haskins. I think Dwayne Haskins serves no purpose in the NFL. I think he should never see an NFL field again. I can't wait for him to be a big star in the XFL in 2022. I can't wait for him to prove that he deserves to be in the CFL because that's as far as he should get to be in the NFL ever again. Dwayne Haskins... He, he doesn't know how to handle himself off the field. He doesn't know how to handle himself off the field, on the field. He doesn't know how to handle himself around his teammates. He has no friends on the Washington football team. 
Have you ever seen Dwayne Haskins on the sideline talking to his teammates? Have you ever seen Dwayne Haskins talk about his teammates off the field? No. Dwayne Haskins does no such thing. He's not a team leader. He's not a team captain. He's not a team player. It's all about me when it comes to Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins may not be the biggest bust in NFL history, but he's the biggest bust in the last decade. Dwayne Haskins was voted a captain. Dwayne Haskins was loved by his teammates, believe it or not. And you just attacked the man and said he had no friends. I feel insulted for him. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, listen, what he struggles to do on the football field should not lead to a character assassination by you where he shouldn't be around in the NFL any longer. I mean, this guy had nobody to learn from. Alex Smith was waiting in the wings. Hold on, hold on. Can I stop? no, No, you cannot. Pause. Okay? Alex Smith is waiting there. He's in recovery. He's not there to help him necessarily. He's there to get better and get his job back. Dwayne Haskins has had non-stable coaching. Ron Rivera came in and basically said he didn't want Dwayne Haskins, brought in his own guy in Kyle Allen. There was never a point in which a coach truly believed in Dwayne Haskins. He is getting the Josh Rosen treatment without being consistently released by multiple teams. I mean, that that's really where we are at this point in time. First of all, Alex Smith, he knows his role in the NFL. He's known it ever since he wasn't a 49er. You know what he did when he got to Kansas City? He he started for a year, and then he taught Patrick Mahomes on the, on, in the background. Guess what Dwayne Haskins never did? He never sought out the help from Alex Smith on how to be a better quarterback, on how to lead an NFL team. He didn't want that. He thought he could do it all on his own. He thought he was better than everybody else. That's why he never deserves to be on an NFL team again. If you think you're better than everybody else, you don't deserve to be here. This is a a privilege, all right? You, you You can't just expect that everything needs to be given to you. Dwayne Haskins needs to really take a step back and look at himself in the mirror because he has no idea what it takes to be an elite player in the NFL. He may think he does, but he he really doesn't. Alex Smith taught Patrick Mahomes, who is a top quarterback in the league, going to end up being a top quarterback of all time one day. If it wasn't for Alex Smith, we might not have Patrick Mahomes. But if Dwayne Haskins used Alex Smith like Patrick Mahomes did, maybe Dwayne Haskins would still have a job. I I don't like comparing Dwayne Haskins and Patrick Mahomes because, again, they're completely different and there's not a lot of similarities with with their play styles at all. My contention is that Alex Smith was there to win his starting job, not corral you know, a, a young quarterback into the starting position away from him. I, I think that Dwayne Haskins made some mistakes, but I don't want to root for the man to never have another job in the NFL again. I think that that's listen. That, I'm not. I'm not saying. I am not saying. I hope that he just never has success in life again. I'm not saying that. I'm saying 
He needs to get himself better before he can ever see an NFL field again. And I don't know if that can ever happen. It's going to take him so much time. He'll need to develop in another league. He does not deserve to see another field. You mentioned Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen has had some bad luck in the NFL, but he has not done anything like Dwayne Haskins. He was never a team leader, but he he still never went to gentlemen's clubs or did anything off the field that would hurt his teammates. That's why Josh Rosen may be bouncing around the league, but he's still in the league. Dwayne Haskins needs to check himself. He needs to get help, and he's not going to do that in the NFL. There's no team out there that should give him the time of day. Wow. I, I don't know that Dwayne Haskins pissed in your cereal because you're a little harsh on him. I, I just don't see it that way. Uh, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. Dwayne Haskins is not the biggest bust in NFL history. You want a bigger bust, you look at Ryan Leaf, you look at Johnny Manziel, you look at some of these quarterbacks where an entire franchise was leaning on them and they, they were set back another 10, 15 years. I, I think at that point, you know, he he may be up there in the most recent years, but as of right now, he, he's not a biggest bust in NFL history. And his storybook's not over yet. I, I hope we do see him in the NFL again. So I'd like him to continue telling that story. All right, let's move forward. Uh, Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State was really good. That greatness that he was, uh, you know, believed to uh, harness came from coaching of Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has since... Uh, what's the best way to put this retired from college football? Um, I, th- I think that's the best way to put it. <laughs> Urban, so Urban Meyer is no longer with Ohio state. In fact, Manchester, New Hampshire's own Ryan day is the head coach of the Ohio state Buckeyes and currently contending for a college football national championship. With that being said, I, Urban Meyer is now looking for a job possibly in the NFL. Now it's not believed that he he would entertain coming out of retirement necessarily. It's just rumored that, you know, the Jags had some interest and maybe he's had some interest in that position as well. So we are here to set the record straight. We are here to talk about this and decide for the Jacksonville Jaguars whether this is a good decision to hire Urban Meyer or not. Nick, I will let you start. Should the Jacksonville Jaguars, excuse me, should the Jacksonville Jaguars hire Urban Meyer to be their next football head coach? Yeah, I really don't have any problems with this hiring with Urban Meyer. I I think that uh, things that happened in his past happened in his past, and he's going to move on. I think that Urban Meyer has the potential to take a guy like Trevor Lawrence and bring him to the next level. I think if you look at the the success Urban Meyer had in his career, is going to translate to the NFL because he was doing it against the best teams in college football consistently year after year. I think that especially in the AFC South, playing against Houston, Indianapolis, Tennessee, these are teams that are not great. They're not the Patriots with Tom Brady. They're not the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. They're beatable teams. They're teams that are, you know, they're they're fluctuating every year. 
Urban Meyer can take this team, Trevor Lawrence can take this team, the two of them together can build up this Jaguars team and be the top dog in the division. Urban Meyer is more than capable of getting his all these Jaguars players prepared and ready for the rest of the division and, and a viable playoff option in only a couple of years. So yes, I think Urban Meyer is a great head coaching option for the Jaguars and a guy they should definitely be seeking out. Yeah, I like Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer to the Jaguars makes a whole hell of a lot of sense here. And just to expound on this a little bit more, the, there were reports that came out earlier that said if Urban Meyer is hired as the next Jaguars head coach, that he would have his choice of general manager. And it seems as though he would choose former Patriots and Chiefs general manager Scott Pioli to take over in Jacksonville, which would be a huge move for Jacksonville. Just don't remember, you know, I don't want everybody to forget that only three years ago were the Jacksonville Jaguars competing in an AFC championship game. Now, I understand that a lot of those players that got them there are no longer on the team or a part of the organization. However, that organization is just three years removed from getting to that AFC title game. They know what it takes to get there. They understand what it's like to be there, and they want to punch their ticket and, and compete for a Super Bowl. It starts with Trevor Lawrence at one. Urban Meyer is your head coach. Bring in that winning culture. But Both of these guys, they don't understand losing. They don't like it, and, and that's exactly what you need to bring in. Scott Pioli has been a part of two of the most winning cultures in NFL history, the New England Patriots for the better part of the last 20 years and the current regime of the Kansas City Chiefs. There's not much better than he that on his resume that you could ask for. The only thing I would say here is that the Jacksonville Jaguars need to build their core team around players that want to be in Jacksonville for the long term. And what I mean by that is that when they drafted a player like Jalen Ramsey, when they had Yannick Ngakwe, when they took a, a, a lot of these players on, uh, you know, through the draft, through free agency, whatever, these players were all in it for a very short window. And as soon as it didn't work out, they they wanted no part of it. They need to find players that are going to be here, that are going to work hard, and they are going to do absolutely everything in their power to, to get the Jacksonville Jaguars organization over the hump and into contention. Because when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. And it that is the time when you really see the colors of these people. That's a big reason why I cannot stand Jalen Ramsey. For as talented as a cornerback as he is, as soon as it got tough in Jacksonville, he said, I want out. Yannick Ngakwe, the same exact thing. I want out. And they, the Leonard Fournette, same thing. He he didn't get exactly what he wanted, but he got released. And that, that was good enough for him. James Robinson, great piece that they found this year. That wide receiving core is very young. They can work together. I think Jacksonville has a lot of good pieces that they can build around using their their prowess through the draft on top of free agency. They have the uh I believe Jacksonville has the most cap space or some pretty somewhere close around to there. It. Pretty close. Yeah, I mean the, the, within just a few million dollars, but 
whatever the case is, they are primed in a position here to to get over the hump and actually be able to to do something in the AFC South. I'm excited for for where this Urban Meyer hire can lead them to. Yeah, and one real quick point: they have two first round draft picks thanks to Jalen Ramsey. So you're going to get Trevor Lawrence, but then you have the Rams. If the Rams lose against the Seahawks in the wild card, you're talking about a late 20s pick in the first round. Like 17 or 18, yeah. Potentially, yeah. I mean, the the Jaguars could get an, another huge piece in the first round. This is, again, a severely deep draft, just like last season. You see how those rookies perform this year? Get ready, because this is about to happen again. And the Jaguars are going to have two of them. That is true. At least Jalen Ramsey was good for something. Um, speaking of the of those rookies from last year's draft, uh, you know some of them proved to be pretty damn good. You know, J- Justin Herbert decided to break some rookie records, and uh, Justin Jefferson decided to break some rookie records. I think he's a good topic to cover right about now. Uh, during week 17, Justin Jefferson wore some cleats that had Randy Moss's Vikings record, uh, rookie records on them. And then on the other cleat, it had his current numbers heading into the week. Since then, Justin Jefferson set the Super Bowl era rookie receiving record for all receivers, not just the Vikings, breaking Anquan Bolden's record with 1,400 yards. 14 100 receiving yards. He had 88 catches and seven touchdowns. Listen, I I don't like to, you know, say that I was right or, you know, I don't like to gloat when I'm right. Yes, I do. I called that Justin Jefferson was the best receiver in this draft, and there is no doubt in my mind that I was absolutely correct. Two years in a row now. I've called the best receiver in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I have to hand it to you. Definitely pick this one, but I also think it's a product of where he is. The Minnesota Vikings, yes, they're a very run-heavy team, but you saw last season with Stefan Diggs, what, when they pass the ball, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He knows what he's doing. He can hit his targets. And Justin yeah. Jefferson is fantastic at getting separation. He can do that. He has extremely sharp sharp cuts. He is one of the best route runners we have in the NFL today. It's almost like he's Stefan Diggs 2.0. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, Wait, it, where did I hear that? Where did I hear that? Anyway, maybe and, when I covered the draft in April, I called him Stefan Diggs 2.0. I know what I'm talking about. Shut your mouth. All of you YouTube commenters, I understand that you don't want to believe the hype. You know, he wasn't rated by Mel Kuyper as the best receiver in the draft. Shut the fuck up. Honestly, I can't stand it. Listen, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to football. If you wanna if you actually want some information, if you want to learn something about football, you come here, you listen to our show, you watch us, and you engage with us in the conversation. Outside of that, if you want to listen to ESPN and all those dumbasses when it comes to the draft, then go ahead, stay stay ignorant and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Listen, Justin Jefferson, he had an amazing year. He had an amazing year. 
He's in the record books. He's going to continue to be great. And I think that he is the best rookie out outside of quarterbacks. I think even if you take into account the defense, Chase Young and Jeremy Chin, I think Justin Jefferson's better than them. I think he had a better season. I think that yeah. Justin Justin Jefferson is going to make this team a, a better. I mean, going into the season, how many people had the Minnesota Vikings winning seven games? I didn't. I had them winning at most most five. I saw that defense. I saw how deteriorate, deteriorated it was. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter because their offense is humming on all cylinders. The running game is solid. And the passing game has not dropped off a bit without Stefan Diggs. Well, and, the, and the, I think that's the thing that people don't understand is that the passing game is actually secondary in Minnesota. So for him to be able to put up 1,400 yards on 88 catches when Dalvin Cook is the second leading rusher in the NFL to Derrick Henry, stay tuned for that one at least, um, you know, that proves that he is a workhorse. He's consistently getting open, and Kirk Cousins is trusting him enough to to break his cuts and break on his routes when he needs to. He is a security blanket, just like Adam Thielen is. If you need him, he's open, and and that's what Minnesota was looking for. I'm I'm very happy that I was right about this because I liked Justin Jefferson coming out of college. I thought he was the best receiver out of LSU. I would have loved to see my Patriots take him, but hey, listen, if Bill Belichick wants to hire me to evaluate wide receivers, I'll do just that. <laughs> Other than that, I really don't know what else I can I can do to help out the organization. Listen, uh, Justin Jefferson, great season. You're going to have a great career. <clears throat> and hey, for all those Kirk Cousins haters, I mean, look what he's doing. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs. I mean, he's keep he's making these guys look great. Yeah, they're they're they look great themselves, but can't be hating on Kirk Cousins anymore. I mean, Kirk Cousins, again, I, I say this a lot, but Kirk Cousins is the definition of a um, system quarterback. Mm. What? I, I, I don't agree. I mean, I don't agree. I think he, he's able to put a show on when he has to. But the, the game script is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It's it, And, you know, whenever he's given the opportunity – he tends the ball out. Yeah, sometimes he has off games, but for the most part, he he's on. Maybe the system quarterback wasn't wasn't exactly what I was going for. Uh, game manager is probably the best name for him, and I don't think of game manager as one of as a term that is a negative at all. And, and I've gone through that before. Listen, he threw for about four thousand yards. I don't know exactly what he ended with, but he ended with thirty five touchdowns. Listen, he's he's not going to be the guy that's breaking records, but he's going to get the job done. He's not going to turn the ball over an insane amount of times. He is there to rely on his top weapons. He is there to rely on the run game. And once Minnesota utilizes the, their entire draft to build up that defense again, the Minnesota Vikings will be back in a year or two, and then we will act, actually see what this team can get done. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, uh, so let's move over to Derrick Henry because this was another storyline going into and coming out of Week 17 that had everybody 
questioning what life really is about. And uh, Derrick Henry has now eclipsed 2,000 rushing yards for the 2020-2021 season. That makes him the eighth ever running back to hit that mark. With that being said, I want to first start off by asking the question, is he the best running back in the current NFL? Yeah, I think there's no question. I mean, you may look at games and be like, oh, Dalvin Cook, he's great. Alvin Kamara, wow, he's fantastic. But Derrick Henry, he is bigger than everybody. He was bigger than everybody at every stage of his life. And he still makes NFL players look like little children. Derrick Henry, there is no task bigger, too big for him. Derrick Henry will take every task head on. Even in bad games, he has good games. You saw that game, the Tennessee Titans against the, uh, the Green Bay Packers a week ago. Derrick Henry still rushed for over 100 yards that game. Yeah. Derrick Henry is an amazing, Derrick Henry is an amazing player. There is no pure running back better than Derrick Henry in the NFL. Yeah, the the idea that he isn't the best running back comes from people who want to talk about Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley and these guys who can do everything. And I think that that I understand that Derrick Henry is not the pass catcher that those guys are, but he is double the running back that those guys are. I mean, he will absolutely destroy anybody that's not on the defensive line. If you are a linebacker or a safety or a corner trying to single-handedly ta- tackle this man, you might as well put in your retirement papers because it is over for you. I think that Derrick Henry, time after time, has shown that he is one of the best running backs in NFL history and currently the best NFL, uh, best running back in the NFL. Derrick Henry is the first running back since LaDainian Tomlinson to win back-to-back rushing titles. So, LaDainian Tomlinson, Hall of Famer, Derrick Henry. We're talking about Derrick Henry when he's, what, six, seven years removed from college? He's still got at least half of his career left to go. I, I I think we have still yet to see the best of Derrick Henry. And the way he is built, you know, outside of maybe an ankle injury or something like that, God forbid, uh, this man is going to stay healthy because he is built very strong. He is built to last. And that is why you see players like Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. They continue to get hurt because the, the overutilization, they are not built for that. They need to have some sort of snap count or some sort of uh you know i i don't know what the exact term is you know usage uh, percentage that they get capped at and say listen i i understand you give us a a way to win but we can't just rely on you because we're going to destroy your career i think that it's just negligence outside of that and i think the these teams need to realize that derrick henry Mike Vrabel will ride him all day, and he doesn't give a damn. I mean, Derrick Henry led me to my fantasy championship, and if you had him, I'm sorry. But you know what? I paired him with Stefan Diggs, and I was happy about that. Outside of that, I think uh, Derrick Henry is one of the, if not the 
best running backs in the NFL and one of in that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I think there's no question. Derrick Henry, by far the best running back. If we're redrafting the entire league, he's the first running back every team should be taking. For sure. All right. Well, I think that will lead us from week 17 into the playoffs. We have finally arrived. Everything that we have built, everything we have gotten through, whether it was COVID games that were postponed or moved to separate weeks or whatever it is, we got through the NFL season. We are finally at the playoffs. We have arrived. So, Starting off with Wild Card Weekend, we have your predictions and analysis. We are going to break down these matchups for you. We are going to give you who we think is going to win and move on to the divisional round. That being said, let's start off with the AFC. And let's start off with the Colts at the Bills. Nick, why don't you start us off? Uh, this this game's not going to be close. I, I like Phillip Rivers. I like the Colts. I think He's they're a good team. Guy. <laughs> but have you seen Josh Allen this season? Have you yeah. seen the Buffalo Bills? They're the yeah. best team in the AFC. They are humming on all cylinders. This defense is starting to figure it out. The offense can keep them in any game. They just put up 56 points on one of the best defenses in the league. True. Not wrong. The Buffalo Bills in a must-win game. In a no must-win game. The Buffalo Bills look better than they have all season, and there are seven. They're about to be seventeen games deep. Like this is amazing. Josh Allen looks better than ever. There is no team getting in the way of the Buffalo Bills right now. The Buffalo Bills, without a doubt, will cream the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts defense will definitely provide some limitations. To the Buffalo Bills, I think the lack of running game for Buffalo is going to really be uh, surfaced in the in this matchup. I think that when you give a team one dimension to stop, even though it may be extremely hard to stop, they don't have to worry about Devin Singletary and Zach Moss running all over them. Because they're just they're just not game breakers. They are utility players at best. I, I I don't appreciate or value them for what they do. In all honesty, Devin what, Singletary. What about the six foot six running back on the Buffalo Bills named Josh Allen, who can steamroll anybody? Right. He is their best running back. But the Indianapolis Colts are a top three defense in this league, and I think yes, they are thanks to DeForest Buckner. Yes. I think they are primed for this position. I don't see the Colts winning at all. I see Buffalo winning handily by at least two scores. But I do believe that the Colts will keep it close, and I think that the scoring is not going to be 56 points. It's going to be closer to maybe like 20 to 7 you know, so, something around there. I think it's going to be a very modestly scored game. I don't I don't think that Stefan Diggs is going to be able to break the game wide open. I don't think Isaiah McKenzie and 
John Brown and Cole Beasley and these guys are going to be able to Kenny absolutely <laughs> shred. Yeah, Kenny Stills. They're not going to be able to shred this defense. They, they are going to play sound football. They're going to tackle well. They're going to revert to exactly what they know, and they're going to make the Buffalo Bills earn every single yard. This is going to be a tough matchup, but the Bills are going to come out on top. When you look at the box score, it's going to look like the Bills had no trouble here. But when you watch it, it's going to look like they have to absolutely fight for every single thing that they get on the field. Yeah, I, I don't see it that way. I mean, I think that the Bills are going to have an easy time scoring. This may be a great defense in Indianapolis. Buffalo's going to have no problem with them. Buffalo's going to put up over 30 points. I think they're going to win by at least two touchdowns. I, I just don't see it that way. Either way, we both have the Bills moving forward. Um, let, let's move over to the Browns at the Steelers. The This is a rematch of Week 17's matchup. Also <laughs> a divisional matchup, so this is the third time these teams will be meeting. Listen, it's not Mason Rudolph. Miles Garrett can put the helmet down. He's not coming after him anymore. It is Big Ben Roethlisberger. It is Juju Smith-Schuster. It is Deontay Johnson. These boys are here to play. With that being said, I have the Browns winning this football game. I understand that the Browns are in a tough position because of their lack of wide receiving depth out with you know no Odell Beckham Jr. I think I personally believe that the Browns are suited to be without Odell Beckham moving forward. I believe they are a better football team without him. I believe that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to play clock management. They are going to keep the ball out of Big Ben Roethlisberger's hands. And that Pittsburgh Steeler defense, ever since they lost Bud Dupree and they lost, uh, I forgot who the other linebacker is, they've been torched. Minka Fitzpatrick is the only thing that works on that defense. And I honestly, if you keep the ball away from him, there's not much he can do. I, I believe that the I believe that the Cleveland Browns will be able to easily win this game, and it's it's going to just continually continue to just be a clock management style of win where Big Ben just doesn't have enough time or reps on the field to get anything done. Yeah, I really don't see it that way. And I, I know you know you mentioned Bud Dupree, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, all out for the year. They're missing a ton of linebackers, but. When you look at the matchups that they've had this past year, the first game, the Steelers blew them out, just smoked them. We, I think it was week two. All of those guys available, yes. And then you had week 17, Mason Rudolph versus Baker Mayfield. It seemed like the Steelers could care less whether they won this game or not. They kind of conceded the fact that the Bills are going to beat the Miami Dolphins and there's no point in playing Ben Roethlisberger or uh, most other people. But they almost win. Anyway, when when the Browns have to win to get in, the Steelers almost win. How are you going to tell me that when you have Ben Roethlisberger out there, when you have all the other guys who got some rest this week, are how are you going to say that they are not going to win this game? The Steelers know how to pick apart the Cleveland Browns. They do it every single year, every single time they meet. The the Browns have no answer for the Steelers. It's not going to happen in their third matchup this season. It's definitely not. Mike Tomlin is too good. 
Big Ben's too good. This defense is too good. The Steelers should have an easy time in this matchup. I don't see it being terribly close. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I just think the Cleveland Browns are going to be, they're going to struggle to score, and Big Ben's going to hit some big deep balls to Claypool and Deontay Johnson that are going to blow this game open. I don't see it that way at all. I believe that Kevin Stefanski used a very limited style of football today. If you watched any highlights of that game or if you watched it live, it was it was a very simple game plan. Run the ball down their throat, possess the clock. And that's exactly what they did. Listen, Mason Rudolph, you can you can, you know, make fun of him for whatever reason, but he he's an okay quarterback. I mean, he's not going to take the top off the defense and he's not going to be a game breaker by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, what what I do know is that when it comes to the playoffs, things are a little different and I believe that the Cleveland Browns are going to open up this playbook and they are going to absolutely dominate time of possession, keep the ball out of Ben's hands, and they're going to win by making sure that the Steelers can't score. This defense is not going to get them off the field. It's just that simple. Yeah, I mean, this is it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I love to see divisional matchups in the playoffs. I mean, these teams know each other extremely well, so you know you're going to get a great matchup here. Sure. All right, the final matchup in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. This is a rematch of last year's matchup when the Tennessee Titans actually throttled the Baltimore Ravens in a stunning fashion. In Baltimore. In Baltimore, no doubt. Now this game is in Tennessee, Nashville. Nick, what do you see happening? I hate to say it, but I see Lamar Jackson getting his first playoff win. I think that he has what it takes to take down the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry is going to struggle against this team, this defense. I mean, the Ravens have figured it out in the last couple weeks. Ever since Lamar Jackson had his cramps and left and came back and had that miracle win, the Ravens have been unstoppable, and I don't see it stopping now. I think that they're going to be too much for that Tennessee Titans defense that is one of the worst pass rushes we've seen this year. Their, their secondary is poor, and you see Lamar throwing the ball better than he ever has. The Ravens are not going to be beaten in this game. This is going to be a big win for Baltimore. It's going to give huge confidence to Lamar, and it's exactly what the Baltimore Ravens need because I think they have what it takes to make a strong playoff push past this week. Yeah, um, th- this one's kind of tough for me. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans here. I believe that the Tennessee Titans are not going to necessarily need to rely on Derrick Henry because of what I have seen from the progression of Ryan Tannehill. I was very down on Ryan Tannehill just a few years ago. I couldn't stand the guy. I thought he was terrible. I was wrong. I was bamboozled. I was lied to. I was Adam Gased. I believed that Adam Gase was not the problem. I believed that Ryan Tannehill was. Well, that showed us the difference. 
Ryan Tannehill has now led this team for a year and a half. And what I have seen him do for this Tennessee Titans organization, what I have seen them accomplish with him under center, I could not have foreseen. And maybe I just didn't want to, whatever the case is, I just didn't. With that being said, A.J. Brown is something special. This guy gets open. He is a he is a security blanket. Corey Davis is a go-up-and-grab-it type of wide receiver. They have what it takes on the offensive line to run the ball down the throat. Even if, even if they take away the run, you're still limiting Derrick Henry to what? 90 to 110 yards? I mean, that's limiting him. I, I just don't see that really being the case. Lamar Jackson's going to struggle here. I don't foresee him getting his first playoff win. You know I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson fan, but to me, something changed in this man over the last couple of weeks, and I'm buying into to whatever he's doing differently because this whole team is just red hot. They are smoking their competition as of late, and I, I think it you just got to ride the train while it's still going because I, I don't see any end in sight. Yeah, you know, maybe he needs to take a dookie during every game just to uh, <laughs> just to get it all. You had set. to say it. You had to say it. <laughs> we're gonna. I thought we were calling it his cramps. Oh, cramps! Right. Uh, sorry. Uh, line. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it, I just don't believe that the Ravens will be able to come out on top. I think the Tennessee Titans have a lot of firepower here. They're severely underrated. Everybody believes the hype of Lamar Jackson. I'm just not on that hype train. I haven't been for a long time, and, you know, uh, here I am right now just proving it. Uh, let's move over to the NFC. Let You know, let's start off. I don't know how they made it in, but the Chicago Bears will be visiting the New Orleans Saints. I think this is a pretty easy one. Nick, start us off. This is a joke. This isn't a game. This is a hand-me-win to the New Orleans Saints. And guess what? They deserve it after being screwed the last two years in the playoffs. I mean, Drew Brees, this is his last shot at a Super Bowl. It's about time he can make it past a, a couple rounds in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, the Bears are no competition for the Saints. The Saints are the number two team in the NFC. They look it. They look the part. They didn't have any running backs, yet they destroyed the Carolina Panthers. I mean, the Saints are going to absolutely demolish the Bears. This is not going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be an absolute blowout. I'm glad the Saints are going to move on. I hope Drew Brees has a, a great end to his career. And I'm, I can't wait to see him playing in the divisional round. Yeah. Listen, I don't know how the Bears made it in. They, I, they just kind of squeaked through. It's a joke. This is such a joke. If you look at the games that they have won, they have been really good in every facet of the game. If you look at the games that they have lost, they struggled running the ball. They struggled getting Allen Robinson a, a good amount of catches, and their defense struggled to stop the run. Well, Alvin, Alvin Kamara is one of the hardest running backs to stop in the NFL. I don't know if you actually stop him or just limit him. I don't really understand how he even moves the way he does, but he does. So, you know, they're going to struggle with that for sure. 
Uh, Allen Robinson and Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, that'll be a fun matchup to watch, but Marshawn Lattimore will probably win that nine times out of 10. Mitchell Trubisky is going to get Cameron Jordan a lot. He's going to see number 94 in his face a lot. That offensive line is not built to withstand the four-man pass rush of the New Orleans Saints. We're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers having to protect six against four. I think the Chicago Bears are going to have to protect eight just to cover four. So I I think we're, we're at a major deficit here. The New Orleans Saints should have absolutely no problem. In fact, if the New Orleans Saints have a problem here, I'm going to tell you right now, Drew, Send in the paperwork. Don't even don't even worry about the divisional round. You're not going to make it past it. Just you know, hang them up after after this one. Uh, but yeah, the the Bears. Listen, you, you made it to the playoffs. You you, you hit a uh, you hit a a mark that you wanted to hit this year. That's great and all. Time to move forward. Let's see what next season's got for you. Sorry, Chicago fans. <laughs> all right, ne- next one we got the L.A. Rams. At the Seattle Seahawks, our second divisional matchup in the wild card round, which is very surprising. Uh, Nick, why don't you start us off here? Rams at Seahawks. Again, I don't think this is a fair matchup. I mean, you have Jared Goff coming off of a broken thumb. I mean, he, if he's pro- even playing, if he's even playing, I'm sure he will because they they need him. If you saw, I don't even know what his name was, Harlow or. Wolferson. Wolfers, yeah, Wolfer, whatever. He wasn't good. He was just lucky that Kyler Murray got hurt in the first quarter and only had two pass attempts. True. And then he tried to come back while he was still hurt and, and make some miraculous throws. And Couldn't then, even move. I mean, he, he was doing all he could. But he was. the Rams are lucky to have won this game against the Cardinals and are lucky to be in the playoffs even with Jared Goff coming back and playing, I don't I don't think this team is strong enough for Seattle. It's a divisional matchup. Yeah, the Rams beat them once this season, but Seattle knows how to play in these moments. The Rams had that see the one season that made it to the the Super Bowl. That that was great. That that was a mostly because of their defense. But not having Brandon Cooks this season, you see the offense struggling. You see Jalen Ramsey took some time to get into shape. Aaron Donald can't do everything. Their linebackers are struggling this season. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks are going to figure it out. It's a home game for them. This is where Russell cooks. This is where DK is going to shine. This is where the Seattle Seahawks are just going to prove why they are the best team in this division. All I've got to say is, Mr. Unlimited, okay? Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks are going to take this one. They are going to manhandle the LA Rams. DK Metcalf and Jalen Ramsey, yeah, that'll be the, the X-Factor matchup to, uh, within the, the game within the game to watch out for. Listen, I, I fully expect Jalen Ramsey to, to shadow him all day, every day. Tyler Lockett's the guy that's going to get open. They're going to utilize their tight ends. They have Greg Olson back which they didn't have in their last matchup. Chris Carson is back fully healthy. They have him. They have uh, Carlos Hyde. They have so many players available to them that they haven't had in in the last few meetings. They are are now ready to go full function. That pass rush, adding Carlos Dunlap was like a godsend. I don't know where he came from. You know, I I didn't watch a lot of Cincinnati Bengals games, and I would – 
assume that most of you didn't either. I don't know where, if he was doing this in Cincinnati, but good Lord, this man can rush the passer. I'm proud of him. Listen, you know what? The Seahawks deserve this. They're going to move on. They have the home game. They won the division for a reason. I think the Rams were lucky to get to this point. If Goff plays, he's not going to be able – It's again, the, the thumb that he broke is on his throwing hand. He's going to struggle with the football. I, I, I just – there's a lot of bad things happening here for the Rams. I'm just not, I'm not about it for them, unfortunately. Uh, I, whatever. All right, let's move over to the final game, the final matchup here. We have the Buccaneers at the Washington football team. I don't know exactly how this was supposed to go, but it seemed like none of the NFC teams actually wanted to win today. They were like, nope. Uh, NFC East teams. Let me just clarify. Dallas ended up losing. The Giants almost gave it up to the Dallas Cowboys. The Philadelphia Eagles threw in the towel by uh, giving the start, or not the start, they they threw in, uh, what was the guy's name? Nate Sudfeld. Nate Sudfeld, yeah. Couldn't even remember his name. He got the entire fourth quarter. Congratulations, Nathan. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Alex Smith just... I don't know what he, I think he tried to throw as many interceptions as possible while also winning a game, tried to set his own record. I don't exactly understand what was happening with that. Nonetheless, Washington ended up making it out of the NFC East. Here we are, the Buccaneers. Congratulations. You'll be moving on to the divisional round because you will wipe the floor with this Washington offense. JD McKissick is not, you know, he, he can't do everything. Antonio Gibson is going to struggle against the bigger-bodied defensive linemen. You know, the, the receivers here, outside of Terry McLaurin, Steve Sims, Cam Sims, they're not going to do jack shit, okay? So stopping one guy is all you have to do. I think Todd Bowles can get that done on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think that's something he can mess up. Now, on the other side of the ball, listen – they have a decent pass rush. They have that guy over there, number 99. Yeah, Chase Young, he's pretty dang good. Okay, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Th- these guys on the front line, they know what they're doing. Tom Brady might struggle a little bit with that pass rush. Doesn't matter. Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, this is where you guys are here to shine. You are going to run the ball down their throats. This is where the Washington football team is susceptible. Outside runs, you're going to pa- pound the rock, loosen them up, get that play-action pass going. Listen, the the Buccaneers got some really good news today. The MRI on Mike Evans' knee revealed that there was no structural damage. It is just a hyperextension. He's going to have some swelling, some soreness. That they they fully expect him that he's going to be ready to go for next week. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. That's all you need in the passing game. See you later. They're going to win. Yeah, this is this is another joke. I mean, I I don't get me wrong. I love the Washington football team. I love the story this season. Alex Smith, Ron Rivera, it's fantastic. I, I love every bit of it. And I wish them the best. I hope that they continue to get better. But this is not going to be fun to watch. I mean, Tom Brady has put up two 40-plus point games back-to-back. He has connected with Antonio Brown for three touchdowns in the last two games. This team is firing on all cylinders. Just like the Buffalo Bills, they are getting better. And I bet we're going to see a little bit more of that offensive playbook opened up in the postseason, just like Tom Brady loves, just like he did in New England. 
you're going to see a lot more, hey, they might even pass within the 10. I mean, I think that the, <laughs> I think the Buccaneers. Think so. I don't think so. Bruce Arians doesn't, doesn't think that. That's no, 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 no. It's all, it's all mind games. Listen, <laughs> it's, it's all mind games. I hate Bruce, Bruce Arians as much as the next guy. But I think he's smart enough to listen to Tom Brady in this situation where he is the most experienced out of everybody on this team combined. He knows what he's doing. He's going to do what it takes to get this team to the Super Bowl. He has all the pieces around him. He is Mr. Clutch. He is the greatest of all time at what he does. It's Tom Brady. Never bet against him. Yeah. I, listen. I, I don't need to argue with you here. I, I'm fully with you that this NFC side of things is really going to be a joke. The AFC is going to provide a lot more uh, competition for us to watch. I'm really excited about that. The NFC, you can pretty much punch every ticket that we talked about here. If you're a fan of the team that we said was going to get trounced, I'm sorry. You have to accept reality. If you're a Bears fan, a Rams fan, or a Washington football team fan, I don't even know if they have fans. I don't know. If you are a fan, let us know. Let us know that you exist. I'll okay? Put, and let, let me just put this caveat in there. Hey, your team may not make it past the wild card round, but they still made it, which means they're on the right track. True. You know who didn't make it? My team, the New England Patriots. Gotta love it, right? Okay. You win some, well, you lose some. Well, with that being what you win some you lose some yeah well we won six championships in the last 20 years so i don't i don't know what else you want from me uh with that being said i think that's a great time to move forward and check out we are here to do the one thing that nobody wants to do in the history of ever revisit 2020 yep that's right we are going back in time to the year that was the year that never should have been we are here to look back on sports moments in 2020 we are here to reflect and move forward nick i'm gonna let you start our top three moments in sports this year yeah my three top top three moments in <laughs> sports this year it starts with zhang wei li and Joanna Young Jacek, who had the best women's fight in UFC history in, I believe it was February. It was unbelievable. It was one. Of, it was voted fight of the year by the UFC. It, it was spectacular. It was an all-out war for in a vacant title, and these two ladies put it all out there. I mean, if everybody's seen the before and after of Joanna Young Jacek at this point, <laughs> she looked like an alien afterward. I, I I mean, you saw Zhang Wei Li. She also was battered. They went to absolute war with each other. And it was an amazing spectacle to watch. Five full rounds of these females just beating the ever-living crap out of each other. And they gave us one of the greatest fights of all time and the best women's fight of all time. It was 100% on my top three moments of 2020. My second, as much as I hate to admit it, the Los Angeles Lakers winning a, a title after Kobe Bryant passed away. It, it was amazing. I, I, I'd love to see them do it for Kobe. I mean, they, they, they had my full support after the Celtics were eliminated the the Lakers, I mean, they, they're a great team, but having all that pressure on them, doing it for Kobe, 
that's a lot. And they were able to do it in the circumstances they did. Hats off to the Lakers. This, that, was, that was a tough one, but one of the best moments of 2020. And finally, the return of Alex Smith. This is the most heartwarming story. A guy who almost lost his life to a broken leg. I mean, it, go watch the documentary if you haven't. Alex Smith has been through war. He has come back and he has conquered. Alex Smith is the guy every little kid should be looking up to and aspiring to be. He is a great man on and off the field. It doesn't matter the circumstances. He is going to put his best foot forward every single time. Alex Smith is, without a doubt, one of my heroes. Alex Smith proved why he is one of the best players to ever suit up in the NFL. And him taking the field once again in the NFL was one of my best moments of 2020. Yeah. Uh, those were all great moments. Uh, I'd like to formally put the offer out there. If you can blindfoldedly spell Yuan Zhejik, I will give you $5. Uh, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, you know what? All they were incredible moments, incredible, incredible storylines to follow. 2020 was a difficult year for a lot of people. Listen, Kobe Bryant's death hit a lot of people hard. Uh, it, it, it hit me hard a lot. Um, I, I don't really talk about it too much or I didn't talk about it too much. Um, but I looked up to Kobe growing up. Uh, there were two people who I used to watch every single morning when I would go, you know, before I went to school. It was highlights of Kobe Bryant being read by Stuart Scott. And both of those guys have now passed on. And uh, those were the guys that I used to look up to. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of respect for them. And, you know, I, I'm happy that we were able to include them in our reflection of 2020. Alex Smith, on the other hand, incredible story. Um, definitely, definitely deserves to be NFL Comeback Player of the Year. I joke with you all the time that Ben Roethlisberger or Cam Newton should get it, but we all know it is Alex Smith. Um, yeah, those were great. Um, yeah, so I struggled with this, honestly, coming up with three because – Listen, a lot of sports were canceled. I mean, it was tough. It was tough. Uh, you know, trying to watch baseball was really tough with with everything that was going on. Couldn't really get into it as much. Hockey had a lot of good moments, not ones that I was particularly proud of. This is what I ended up coming up with. Kevin Holland in the UFC winning five fights in one calendar year. I mean, that is just absolutely incredible. Kevin Holland has done what no other person in the history of the sport has ever done, not only accepting five fights, but winning five fights. And he wanted a sixth. This man is insane. He is one of he has become one of my favorite UFC fighters. I cannot wait to see what his story is has in store for him. I can't wait to see everything that goes on with the UFC and Kevin Holland. I'm so excited for what 2021 and and more have in store. But uh, Kevin Holland winning five fights in one year 
was definitely one of my top moments of 2020. Just to butt in real quick, he did it in seven months, not even 12. It's almost five wins in half a year. Almost a win a month, basically. Almost. You know? Yeah. Almost. Pretty pretty dang close. Um, My second moment is more of a funny one, and uh, sorry, New York Jets fans, but my second favorite moment was the very, very, very intimate moment when the New York Jets ended up beating the Los Angeles Rams. As soon as that happened, as soon as the Los Angeles Rams were uh, just smashed with defeat from the New York Jets and they lost out on Trevor Lawrence, I couldn't have been happier than if, if I won the lottery. It just wouldn't have happened. Trevor Lawrence not going to the New York Jets is one of the most satisfying pieces of sports history that I will be able to relish in for the rest of my life. And for those of you who don't know me personally, I have a lot of Jets fans that I'm close to, or just a few uh, that I know of. To be able to just smile at them and then understand that they are in another 15 years of pain is just, it's satisfying. Now, You'd say, Mike, that's disgusting. Nobody should ever relish in somebody else's pain. You're right. But this is about sports, and this is about your fandom, and they are our arch rival. Therefore, I shall relish. And that's where I am now. So the New York Jets failing to fail is my number two sports moment of the year. Nick said I couldn't say this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Winning my fantasy football championship after coming back two weeks in a row and lose and winning by less than one point each week, less than one point each week, taking down two of the top three scoring teams in our league. I'm the third. Yeah, it, it is absolutely incredible. I, you listen, I, I'm not going to count that as one of my top sports moments, but I will say it was a top sports moment for me. That's for damn sure. I needed 44 and a half points going into Monday night. Stefan Diggs gets me 45 and change. Couldn't ask for much more than that. By beating a Bills fan for the fantasy football title. Gotta love it. Um, with all in all seriousness, my fit my third favorite moment is actually a personal moment for for Nick and I. Uh, we had the honor and the pleasure of winning tickets from Kyle Van Noy, the outside linebacker from the Miami Dolphins last year at this time, when he was actually a part of the new England Patriots organization, he was giving away tickets to their playoff game. Nick and I took the, uh, were able to win the tickets uh, on Twitter. Um, I, I spoke with Kyle Van Noy through our DMS and uh, we were able to watch Tom Brady's final game in a Patriots uniform as crappy as the weather was and as crappy as the game ended up being, it was one of the most memorable moments in my life to spend with, obviously, you, Nick, my brother, um, at, at Tom Brady's final game in a Patriots uniform. The end of an era, something we will never be able to see again, just culminating in one final game, in one final round, to see his his expertise being 
you know, utilized on a football field. It's, it's just, it's mastery in motion. Um, I cannot, I can't overstate everything that I felt that night. I, I was just very thankful that I was, I, I got the opportunity to be in the stands witnessing that for one final time on top of the fact that my feet were killing me because we didn't sit down the entire night. So, you know, you win some, you lose some, but it was a great night overall. We had a great time. We watched the Buffalo bills and the, uh, Baltimore Ravens. No, who is it? Uh, Buff- Buffalo and Tennessee. Couldn't have been Tennessee. I don't know. We, we saw anyway, the- oh, no, it, was, it was Houston. It was Houston. It was the Houston game. That was, that was right. Um, yeah, we saw that Houston game on the big board. It was an incredible time. If you've never been to a, a playoff game uh, and you get the opportunity to, I highly suggest going. It is a completely different atmosphere. Incredible. But with that being said, I want to thank you all for watching. We had an incredible 2020 Listen, you may not like everything we have to say on this channel. You may not like the videos that we put out, but we appreciate you taking the time to listen. We appreciate you taking the time to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Listen, over 75% of you at this point are not subscribed to the channel. We have thousands of views and only 50 subscribers. How is that possible? Please. You let me know. So go over to YouTube, type in Trash Talk Sports, get, make sure that you are part of this, and uh, co- please subscribe to our YouTube channel. All of our videos are sectioned out for you, so you don't have to listen to them in long form. Uh, we have videos every single day, daily videos for you to, to listen to. Please make sure that you like the videos comment on them and subscribe to the channel it will help us so much it'll take no time at all if you're watching these videos anyway it will definitely 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 help us grow and be able to provide better content for you in the future all right with that being said we will uh be back next week and uh for for now let's just uh end it by saying happy new year happy new year